Hello, and welcome to The Overtake. I'm your host, John Bazella, the President and CEO of the Alliance for Automotive Innovation. This podcast is about the automotive industry and the people, events, and policies that shape it. This podcast is presented by Intel, a global technology leader. Together with subsidiary Mobileye, Intel is revolutionizing technology for the automotive industry, delivering best-in-class automated driving solutions to make roads safer for all. Learn more at Mobileye.com. Today, we're talking about the process of marketing vehicles to consumers. Cars have been marketed to consumers virtually as long as there have been cars for consumers to purchase. Over the years, vehicle marketing and advertising has evolved as the industry and consumer wants and needs have changed. Today, the automotive industry is undergoing a tremendous revolution in transforming personal mobility for a cleaner, safer, and smarter transportation future. Automakers are developing connected cars, bringing autonomous vehicles to the road, and investing more than $330 billion by 2025 to deliver more plug-in hybrid battery and fuel cell electric vehicles to the marketplace. Developing these technologies and bringing them to market is just one piece of the puzzle. Consumers will determine the ultimate success of this transition. With this in mind, understanding consumers and how best to communicate with them about the new vehicles being manufactured today is a more important task than ever, and one that I am excited to unpack further with today's guest. Joining us is Allison Witherspoon, the Vice President and Chief Marketing Officer of Nissan U.S., In her role, Allison is responsible for overseeing Nissan's marketing communications and media, data innovation, and customer experience, enhancing brand value, customer trust and insights, and brand and product marketing. Before joining Nissan, Witherspoon was the Director of Marketing Communication and Media for Infinity USA, where she was responsible for developing the vision and leading the execution of the brand's Her career has included stints working on behalf of Volvo, BMW North America, and Mercedes-Benz USA as well. Allison, welcome to The Overtake. Thank you very much. Well, I've been looking forward to this conversation as not just an auto industry professional, but just a car guy. And I would imagine that that's a lot of what you do is tap into that the car lover in people, but we'll get into that. I always like to understand how people get to where they're at. And I understand that your interest in marketing stems from one of those those classic advertising campaigns, Got Milk, that you may have studied in college. Is that right? Yep, that is right. That's how I started to I think I started to fall in love with marketing and understand it as a profession. I actually started out in college as an accounting major. So I was on a five-year master's program. I was taking a prerequisite class, which was for international advertising. And the first day in class, they did a case study on Got Milk and that campaign and how that campaign lived across different markets around the world and was successful in some markets like the US and not so successful in other markets because of translation, transcreation, things like that. And it just opened up my mind. And I realized that I wasn't an accountant. I was actually a marketer. 
Oh, that's fantastic. By the way, there's, I could get in trouble for saying this, but I think there's a pretty big different mindset, a fairly significantly different mindset between accountants and marketers, it would seem to me. So the fact that your academic interest and your thinking spreads across that range is really interesting. Speaking of global got milk working in certain places, not working in other places, your experience at Nissan has taken you around the world, right? You were based actually in Yokohama, if that's correct. Maybe you could talk a little bit about what that was like and what your experience was like in the home office, so to speak. Yeah, I think it was really fascinating. And I've done two overseas assignments. The first one was in Europe based in Amsterdam. And then the second one was for Nissan. And I was based in our global headquarters in Yokohama, Japan. So I lived there for two years. I was working in our global marketing department for our global CMO. And I was responsible for the brand strategy and the communication strategy and the media strategy, and also how we organize ourselves with all of our agency partners. I was responsible for that at a global level. And I think the biggest thing that I really learned there is, again, in going back to what fascinated me about the Got Mill campaign is that one size does not fit all when it comes to marketing. And cultural nuances are so incredibly important for consumers and how you can have that emotional connection. And so I really learned and understood firsthand that you have to drive with culture and you have to really lead with that from a marketing standpoint. And I think some of the nuts and bolts and ad tech and MarTech, some of that does obviously work universally. And I think that's what's really great about technology right now. But at the end of the day, the magic sauce is really going to be your ability to connect with consumers locally and at a cultural level. Yeah. So that's really interesting. The magic sauce. So let's unpack that a little bit. When you think about the automotive industry, what is marketing? How is it distinguished, for example, from ideas and concepts like advertising and brand? Yeah. And I think in the automotive industry, and I think I've been very fortunate in that I've loved cars ever since I was little. And so my first job out of school was actually consulting for another automotive manufacturer. And I, I've continued that in my career. What I really love about the automotive space and as a marketer is that it really truly is this intersection of creativity when you think about the design technology, when you think about everything that's in the car, the manufacturing process and how you actually get those cars on the road. I find that to be very fascinating. And when it comes to how you market in automotive, cars are the second most considered purchase for any consumer. And so you really have to connect with consumers emotionally. What is it that they're going to be needing in their cars? And sometimes that's going to be a about safety. Sometimes it's going to be about performance. A lot of times now you're seeing a lot of push in electrification. So there's more of this sustainability, but it's really about how do you convince consumers that that second most considered purchase is going to be your brand. And you have to do that in an emotional way in a way that's going to be relevant for them. Yeah. So when you say in an emotional way, so there's more that goes into the purchase than getting from point A to point B. In other words, Correct. the car has a specific use. It gets me from my home to my office, or it gets me to the store and back, or it helps me get my kids to school or whatever it happens to be. But there's something more to it than that, isn't there? Otherwise, 
cars yeah. might look a lot more alike. <laughs> right? Absolutely. I think, and our cars say something about us. It says that we can make a smart decision when it talks to, when it talks about all the value that you get out of the car, it can say that you're a stylish person, especially when you're thinking about our new Nissan Z's, one of the most stylish cars that I've seen in a really long time and historically has been for us. Those are examples of things that cars say about you and consumers think about that when they're going through that purchase process. It isn't just the functional part of point A to point B. It is so much more on top of that. And I think that's what's really fascinating about marketing in the automotive space. Yeah. When I think about Nissan, I think about very exciting, strong design. There's a very, very strong to my taste, it's a very positive reaction, right? So that, that yeah. I just really like the design I see in Nissan products. And so to that point, a lot of what you need to do really is about what is in the DNA of the company, right? I mean, you've got a yes. company that's got really strong design capabilities and design language, right? So there's raw material like that, that you're working with. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I think when Nissan was started as a company that was to be different than what the other automotive brands, and specifically at the time, Japanese automotive brands. And I think our founders set about to do what others don't dare to do. When we were very first founded, we started with a very diverse board and group of people, the design, the vehicles that we produced. When you think about some of the iconic products that we brought to market over time, we've established segments that didn't exist in the past. When I think about when we're marketing and, and we're in the middle of a year-long brand campaign, that was the thing that we really talked about. And it's really about that daring spirit that we had that our founders had that we still feel is at the company today. And how do you bring that forward? And how do you bring forward the excitement? We have always been a brand about innovation, but not just to check the box with innovation, but to make it exciting for consumers. And I think when you think about autonomous drive, when you think about electric vehicles, Nissan was the very first manufacturer with a mass-produced electric vehicle with the Leaf. And I think those are all things that we try to tap into and, and to really get forward. And I think sometimes as marketers, you can get a bit lost sometimes with all the features in the car and, and all of the technology, which can be overwhelming at times. But when it works really well and when you're resonating with consumers is when you actually take everything that's available in the car and make consumers care about it, make them feel about it, make them feel that they're empowered, make them feel that they're stylish with that design. And we have incredibly strong design and our design team is just absolutely amazing. It's led by our head of design, who's Alfonso Albaiza. And then when you think about all the engineering and, and all of the safety systems and all the systems in the car that will make your car perform better, longer, and at the highest quality level, those are all things that we try to tap into. Yeah, I want to get to technology and where the industry is going in a minute, but I, I was struck by something you said about your heritage as a company and some of the segments that you really created or drove to new places. Maybe talk about a couple of those segments or a couple of those iconic products, and that will launch us into where we're going next. Yeah, sure. I think looking back in our history, we have had a legacy of creating vehicles that didn't exist for consumers. And I think when you talk to a lot of people that have been with a company for a very long time, they talk about sometimes when you're concepting products, they would be looking between segments and actually trying to create a brand new segment. The Nissan Xterra is an example of that, which was just this amazing crossover SUV that didn't exist at the time. When you think about GTR, there are obviously 
obviously supercars that exist, but this is an, a supercar and this is Godzilla, but it was a more attractive and more relatable and more accessible supercar. Also the same thing with the Nissan Z. These are all very accessible performance vehicles. And then the Leaf. And I think the Leaf at the time was the very first electric vehicle. It was ahead of its time. And it was there to show that there was a different type of mobility that was coming. And I think what we've been able to do with the Leaf is to really take all the learnings that we've had, and it's now 11 years old. And how do you actually apply that into our future vehicle lineup, which is going to start with the Nissan Aria, um, which is our all-electric crossover coming out later in 2022. Yeah. So that let's get into that. So I do remember when the Leaf was launched and no question it was, yeah, as you said, 11 years ago, if you think about where we were on our journey toward an electric vehicle future, I mean, it was the early, early days. And so what were some of the lessons that you learned in terms of engagement with consumers and marketing of a brand new technology that has environmental promise, but other attributes, right? So how did you think about approaching consumers with regard to the LEAF? Yeah, I wasn't with the company when the LEAF launched, but in talking with everyone around the company and those that were here at the time, the biggest piece was that there's such a strong community of people who are looking for alternative forms of transportation and alternative powertrains, essentially. And so it was really about tapping into the community of that. And how do you tap in and show how this is better, how this is going to drive, deliver a very strong performance in the vehicle, but also deliver for the greater good and, and the greater environmental needs. And so focusing on, you know, targeting people that are into health and wellness, an Olympian athlete who was one of our, our spokespeople at the time, but also in really targeting those communities and getting people that are interested in these alternative powertrains, talking to each other and having them help us spread the word. So it was taking a bit of a mass media approach, but really marrying that with guerrilla marketing and this word of mouth within those tight communities. And you had some success because it was the vehicle, the electric vehicle. Certainly when I think about where we were in the US market at that time, I think you might argue that, or I might suggest, let's say that those customers at the beginning were early adopters. They were hand raisers. I'm interested in reducing my carbon footprint or having reduced emissions. I'm interested in the latest technology. And this says something about me. When I look at the market now, so based on our analysis, roughly 4% of new vehicle sales in the United States right about now are electric which I think we would suggest looking back to 11 years ago is progress. But when we think about where we want to go as an industry and where we need to go with regard to improving emissions and environmental performance, as well as technology, and I would argue driving performance, we have a long way to go. And so what is required now to reach consumers about this technology and about these vehicles. Do we need a different approach now than we did maybe 11 years ago? And how has marketing of EVs evolved over that period of time? And where do we need to be going? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, again, the LEAF really established our vision for the future and, and the future is electric. 
And when we think about how we marketed then to how we market now, the biggest thing is we're not just focusing on people and small niche groups who are looking to reduce their carbon footprint. We're looking to convert people out of gas engines. And I think when you look at our vehicles that are coming out and the Nissan Ari is a perfect example, that's a crossover SUV that I think that probably 11 years ago, no one thought that an electric vehicle could be so functional. And so I think electric can provide a lot of functionality. I think there's also an education piece um, that's going to be big. And what are the benefits of electric? So what does that mean when it comes to range? What does that mean when it comes to the reduction in your carbon footprint? What does that look like when it comes to the total cost of owning that vehicle and the lack of maintenance that you're going to need with that vehicle over time? And then also, I think the most surprising part of it is the performance. I think there can be a perception, especially if you're coming out of a petrol engine, that you're not going to get that acceleration. You're not going to get that feeling of, of gas burning. And actually, when you're in electric, that's the most surprising part. When you step on the pedal, that car takes off and it's all electric. And it's such a unique sensation that you really need to educate, get consumers to feel that, get them to experience electric for themselves. And so I think the way that we are marketing electric now is very much more on a mess scale. Obviously, there are more and more competitors that are coming into the marketplace. This isn't a niche segment anymore. This is very much a mass segment. And then I think it's that education piece of it is really, really important in convincing people to get out of their gas engines. Yeah, I heard when you mentioned the CUV, I mean, that's the heart of the US market, right? So what you're saying is, look, we're launching an electric vehicle into the most popular segment of the US auto market today, right? So that's obviously, you wouldn't be doing that if you didn't think that this was a prime time opportunity, right? Um, What I also thought was very interesting about the things you talked about that should be and can be interesting to consumers went well beyond environmental performance, right? So you talked about the driving performance and less maintenance and those types of things. So what I hear you saying is that as we move into the mass market, the appeal to consumers should be perhaps broader than reduced carbon emissions. Yeah. And I agree because I think it's about telling the total package of electric. And I think, and obviously reducing emissions that is going to be a focal point. And that's going to be a reason why people start to consider it at the beginning. But there's so much other value with electric vehicles that you can really start talking to consumers about that they will be very surprised to learn and hear about. And I think that's what's exciting about communicating with electric vehicles. Now, we know all the learnings that came out of marketing the LEAF over 10 years ago, we can now take some of that. And actually, how do we turn that into the 2022 version of it? And again, knowing that the competitive landscape is a lot broader, knowing that things like range anxiety and the infrastructure around electric, that's evolving and that's moving so rapidly, those concerns are going to start to go by the wayside. And so it's really starting to put forward the full package of electric to consumers that are considering that. Yeah. You mentioned infrastructure. When you do consumer research, which I'm sure you do a ton of to understand attitudes about, frankly, electric vehicles and any other type of vehicle, what are some of the concerns you hear from potential EV buyers about EVs? You mentioned infrastructure, for example. Is that a concern? Do do potential consumers, does that come through in the research? Yeah, absolutely. Range anxiety is one of the top ones. And how far can I go on a single charge? And if I need to charge, how available is charging going to be on my trip? And I think those are all things that are being solved and they're continuing to be even 
more user-friendly. And I think when you think about cell phones, nobody thinks twice about charging their cell phone overnight. And I think it's trying to bring that behavior into electric vehicles as well. But, but first understanding that you can do your daily commute completely on one charge and you bring it back home and you plug it in overnight and it's ready to go. And in some cases you have fast charging and then that's when you can really start to play into if you can get to 80% charge in 20 minutes, that starts to alleviate that range anxiety concerns. And so I think as what typically happens in 11 years, I think we know a lot more. Consumers are a lot smarter, but there's a lot more technology that we're able to apply to alleviate their concerns. There is a huge technology revolution, obviously, taking place in the industry with regard to EVs, but also with regard to advanced safety technology and automation as well. There's lots that Nissan's doing in that space as well. And and so what types of marketing opportunities and challenges do those technologies offer? Yeah. And I think this is where I get so excited about the automotive industry. And I think sometimes there may be the perception that the automotive industry can be a little bit outdated, but we're so on the cusp of forward thinking and what is that future mobility that that's what I get really excited about. Last month in November, we we announced our Nissan Ambition 2030 plan. And that's really our long-term vision for how are we going to be empowering mobility and beyond to provide a cleaner, safer, and more inclusive world for everyone. And those are big, bold statements. But when it comes to the technology, it's really about these advanced driver assistance systems. So how can we empower drivers by making them feel confident and safe when they're in the vehicle and when they're operating the vehicle, but also what can happen if they happen to get into accidents? What are the different safety technologies that can keep them safe and the people that are actually in the vehicle also safe? And so I think when you think about autonomous drive, it is so much more than just hands off the steering wheel. It's about how does the vehicle measure the difference between your car and the car ahead of you, or even the car ahead of that car, the lane changing warning. So you're going to be avoiding the blind spot that has existed and drivers have been been operating with for years. When I think about those types of technologies, I think that will make all of us better drivers. We all think we're amazing drivers, but sometimes you need a little bit of support. And that's why I think these safety systems are really, really good. And when you think about aging populations, I think that's where it gets really interesting because I think that it's such a moment to get your driver's license. And I imagine it's also a moment when you're not quite sure if you should have your driver's license anymore, but these types of technologies can actually help extend that a little bit longer, which I think is cool when we think about a more inclusive environment in society. Yes. And we're talking here not about highly automated vehicles or completely self-driving vehicles. We're talking about advanced driver assistance systems, right? And so that's interesting. And so that does raise some interesting marketing questions, right? In other words, how does this technology work? What benefits does it provide? But also, do you perhaps see potential for confusion in the marketplace with regard to what this can do and maybe what it can't do? Yep. And I think, and what we've been seeing is that we've been seeing that there is a fear of consumers for this idea that the machine is taking over. And I think when we think about how we saw that from a marketing standpoint, we try to show things like our autonomous drive system, which is ProPilot Assist. How do you actually show that in a very relatable thing, like I'm in a traffic jam or I'm on a family road trip, those types of situations and not do it in a fearful way, but actually show it how it can help you and enable you to have 
conversations with the people that are in the car. How can you enjoy the music? How can you lean back a little bit when you're in heavy traffic situations and have the car do a little bit more of the work for you? And so we're trying to, from a marketing standpoint, we're trying to solve for that fear of the machines taking over. And we do that by showing, not by just completely removing yourself from the driving environment, but actually how can you enjoy the environment around you in the car while the car is helping you and assisting you? Yeah. Uh, I can think, I'm thinking of several ads that Nissan runs on television that do just that. Families in the car. We call it, yeah. With the Rogue, we actually, we refer to it. And I think it's when you're trying to explain highly complicated and advanced engineering technology, how do you do it in a way that's relatable? So we have these great names. Profile Assist is amazing. But in our ad that we did last year when we were launching the all new Rogue was actually, we were calling it Chill Mode. And we were showing a family in the car Dad is able to just chill with the family when they're in these driving situations. And so I think it's how do you bring that relatability? Again, how do you bring that emotion to it and not scare people? Again, trying to solve for people being afraid of the machines taking over. Yeah, I, for one, can appreciate the chill mode notion (laughs) because as a person who drives up and down the Eastern seaboard on a regular basis, on a very crowded interstate, and many times the ability to be in that, that mode is actually take some stress out of the drive to be it able does. to allow the technology to support my driving. And frankly, I think it makes me a safer driver. And so those are the ideas that you want to tap into, I guess. Absolutely. Yes? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And when you look ahead, let's imagine there is a future where we have increasing technology that assists drivers, as you've just described in the Rogue. And by the way, people who aren't deep in the auto industry, the Rogue is a very popular vehicle. You sell a lot of Rogues, right? So the fact that this vehicle is in the marketplace with this technology, a lot of people are experiencing this technology. Yes? Yes, that is correct. So when we look forward, let's imagine a future where you've got that technology on the road, but also maybe what we would call self-driving cars or highly automated cars. When you think about opportunities to market those, and we have to maybe make some assumptions, maybe they operate more in fleets or and, and maybe few of them are privately owned, but let's just imagine a future where those vehicles exist. What are the marketing opportunities and challenges associated with that, right? Because I mean, I'm a car person because I like to be in control of the machine to some degree. And so now I'm completely out of it. What are you marketing at that point? Yeah. And I think when you think about autonomous vehicles, and I think that technology is on the road today, and I think we have it in a lot of our lineup and and you mentioned the Rogue. So autonomous technology is there when it's going to be more of the driver that's going to be leaning back. I think the way that you market it is actually going to be, again, what are the other vehicles about? What are the other elements of the vehicle? So when you think about the design, if you have a fully autonomous vehicle that creates some interesting design solutions that are in the car. And I've seen some of that when I was in Japan, I saw some early design concepts for, and these are cars that are coming out very much in the future. So I can't speak to them too much, but you can definitely show. And I think from a marketing standpoint, you can definitely look at what are the other things that an autonomous vehicle is going to enable you to do in the car. You can be more productive. You can have those conversations with other people that are in the vehicle with you. I also think autonomous is here. One of the other, I think, things in the future that I find to be very fascinating is actually connectivity and connected cars. And when connected car, when cars are connected 
to the grid system and they're connected to other vehicles, that opens up a lot of marketing opportunity. So what are the types of messages that you can get in your vehicle that are going to be relevant to you and not intrusive? And I find that to be very fascinating as a marketer. So I think between autonomous and connectivity, those two things are what I'm the most excited about. Yeah. So you mentioned two kinds of connectivity. One, vehicles talking to other vehicles or the road infrastructure. So people may not recognize how close we are to that, right? We do have the opportunity today for cars to communicate with other cars in the roadway. What does that provide consumers? I think it's, again, it's going to alleviate traffic. It's going to change driving patterns. It's going to change traffic situations. The safety piece of it is going to be completely different than where we are today when you have vehicles that are measuring themselves against each other and they're working in concert with each other. And so I think the benefit of that is going to be a more peaceful commute that you're going to have in getting from A to Z. And then I think it's also going to be a safer commute because you're going to be probably the the driver and anyone that's in the vehicle is going to be able to be very productive wherever they need to go. And productive can be creative. You can be answering emails, but you could be writing the next great screenplay, something like that. But it's also going to be very safe. And I think that's what's going to be exciting. And I think these types of technologies in a fully autonomous and connected world, a lot of that technology exists. What that looks like on a grand scale is still going to be very much further down the line. I think what we've seen and and what we really feel at Nissan is that it's not necessarily about that utopian world. Obviously, we need to understand it, but we know that our drivers very much want to be able to have moments when they can lean in and drive and have that more controlling feeling. And so I think it's also how do you show the benefits of autonomous technology and connected technology, but at the same time, the benefits of being able to lean in when you really want to feel and control and enjoy the vehicle. Yeah. So when you think about your career, you look at all the marketing and work that you've done, is there a campaign or a marketing approach at Nissan that really stands out to you that you said, wow, this works? I would say it's right now. We've been doing a brand campaign that we launched last April and it's been, it's a year long brand campaign. We have four chapters to it. That to me has been what I've been the most excited about and the most motivated by in my career and and the work I'm the most excited by. And so when we first launched, it was really establishing that Nissan is a company that wants to thrill consumers at every single turn. And then the second chapter was around highlighting our performance and capability. And some of that is we have a hit, we have a legacy and a history of this. Currently we're in our chapter three, which is about Nissan at home, which is our ability to provide consumers with the ability to completely research and transact online through our Nissan at home service. And then we're moving into the next chapter, which is going to be all about electrification. It's what I've been excited by and what I'm really proud of. And I have an amazing team that I work with on this is telling the Nissan story in a way that consumers, I don't think have seen of us tapping into our heritage and showing how our heritage has informed who we are today. And then really taking that into where is this going to take us as a company and as a brand into the future? And I think when we look at what the brand image attributes, and and obviously there's a lot of data that is behind backing this up, when you see that perception change from consumers, that's such a great feeling. I know how great this brand is and how amazing the vehicles are. And when you see the consumer response to that, it's just incredibly rewarding. And I'm very grateful for that. Well, Allison, thank you so much for being on The Overtake. Thank you. It's, this has been a great discussion. It's been a fascinating conversation, and I really appreciate you taking the time to be here. 
For everyone else, thanks for joining us. Remember to like and follow the Alliance for Automotive Innovation on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, and subscribe to The Overtake wherever podcasts can be found. Until next time, thanks.